It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. I do, because I'm not doing it. So I'm always dressed for meetings. I this shirt up stuff. I'm yeah. fully dressed. My husband will wear like the yeah. dress shirt yeah. with shorts. Yeah, I can't do that because I'll be like, oh, you know, just, uh, and I never turn my camera off. I'm just going to go get something. I was like, yeah. actually, the very, very first time it happened, my wife was like, we're going to see you. Yeah, it was really like, yeah, she caught me. I, so. There was one, we did a play uh, reading, um, and there was a gentleman that was on it who I don't think he'd done a lot of Zoom calls, and he was on his phone, and it was, we saw the ceiling fan. I had vertigo by the end of it because it was just he was oh, moving around no and we were kidding. following. Ugh. He had a bowl of something. Uh, we heard that. Um, don't think it was grape nuts, but it was close. <laughs> and I was like, can somebody please tell him to turn off his camera? Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, Dr. Frederick Bertley, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Good. I'm great. It's beautiful weather. It is. For the summertime. It is. You said you like the heat. I love the heat. I mean, my, my mom's from Barbados, my dad's from Trinidad, so I got Caribbean blood coursing through yeah. my veins. So, so you need the sun. I, I love the heat, yeah. yeah. And like you, when it's really cold in the winter, I'm complaining. Yeah. And so when the summer comes, I don't want to be a complainer. That's good. That's good. I should listen to that advice. <laughs> I love the fall, too. Yeah. We have great fall here, okay. if it happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the other thing is I'm, I'm new to Ohio. Yeah. And... You know, I'm born and raised in Montreal, Canada. I don't uh-huh. know that. So we have okay. four proper seasons. So when yes. I grew up seeing the fall, oh. I have that slow change into be- beautiful foliage, kind yeah. of green to yellowish and orange, and sometimes pinks but reds. Yeah. And it lasts for a good, you know, six, seven weeks. Yeah. And then I moved to Ohio, and I was told, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's yeah. like zooming around. Like, so. Are we going to get a fall? That, that's are we going to have one? That's oh, right. boom, there's a fall. Yeah. We actually got married at Kosai. No and kidding. We did, and we were planning to do it outside in the courtyard. Okay. The week before it was 90, we got married in October. Okay. The week before it was 90, when we got married, it was a high of 38. What? Yeah. A week later? A week later. Mm-hmm. Huh. So you moved inside? We were inside. Yeah. Up yeah. in the... In progress? No, in? we were in, what is it called? Not Studio 2, but... Oh, Gallery 2. Gallery 2, yeah. Gallery. That's a nice I space. mean, it was we gorgeous. Nicely. Yeah. 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 Although we did take the photographer through the museum before. Okay. So that's cool. You probably have some really cool, we unusual wedding cool pictures, pictures, right? Yes, we very do. Very cool, yeah. We do. I tell people all the time, I said, you can go to a hotel and get married, or you can go, come to Kosai, but the difference at yeah. Kosai, you get all these other cool nooks and crannies that no one else is going to have. Right. We actually, the photographer kept handing off to the assistant, and he'd be like, oh, take my picture here. <laughs> so <laughs> I think they had fun. We couldn't find my dad. Uh, when the ceremony was about to start, because he was on the high wire unicycle. <laughs> Where all dads should be when their daughters are to be handed <laughs> off, scared on the high wire. Like dad. That's funny. I'm the focal way. point just today. Just, yeah. Do you mind walking me down the aisle? Is that okay with you? That's fine. We're gonna do that today. That's, That's uh, You don't mind getting off the unicycle? <laughs> Have you ridden the unicycle? Um, forced, forced to ride it. Yeah. Hmm. My first week here. Um, <laughs> The uh, the Columbus CEO magazine came to us. Yeah. An article, and the person was, right. oh, okay. So I was like, oh, we prepared a nice room for me to sit in that meeting, and the, I, she will be re- she will remain nameless. But the <laughs> the author um, said, oh no 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 no, we want an action shot. Where can we go? And then they said to one of our team members, is the high wire? It's like open towards my team member left. Yes 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 yes. And so they put me on the thing. Now the good news is. I didn't have to get hooked. Okay. I didn't get stuck you and have to do the big hook yeah. back. Oh, yeah. But it, but it was um, you know, I wasn't ready for that. I was in the beginning of my career because I was in a three-piece suit, dress shoes, you know, tiled button. I mean, yeah. it was kind of You're awkward like, oh, to pedal. Okay. But yes, I've been on it. I can't do it. Is it a height thing yeah, or is it it's completely a height thing? Got it, got it. Even watching my kids on it, my yeah, palms are yeah. sweating. What's well, funny? It's it's when you well, you have this hat on it, but it's, it's you're up there. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I get it. I, I don't get like it. it. But your kids are like, well, let me go again. Let uh-huh. me go again. Let me go again. So, uh-huh. you, so it's really pops off the Standing basically. back, just, okay, you're doing great. <laughs> doing great. Mom's proud of you. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like it at all. Fair, fair. That's interesting. My first week that, because I was a cow. Okay. Cosine wheels, sorry, not an actual bovine animal. Um, 
the first week that I was brought on, they took us to a high ropes course. That is a way to get to know your coworkers real quick. Uh, it was awful. <laughs> there were a lot of obscenities that were screamed into the air. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't think it's that bad until you're up there and it's like, okay, this is not, this is not pleasant. And then for that particular ropes course, you had to go up from the 30 foot to the 50 foot to Ooh, go on the zip line sure, to get sure, up, sure, to get sure. down. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's interesting that they, so they didn't screen you to see or screen the folks to say, hey, those of you who actually do have a legitimate you know, fair fight. I don't think they asked. That's interesting, because because you could have, I mean, you react probably okay and got through it, but yeah. you could have people that literally mm-hmm. have anxiety to the point where, you know, something but bad this is, happen. what, 16 years ago? That's right, we didn't I mean, care about something. No. <laughs> you just watch them suffer. I mean, you do have the label cow. I mean, you know you're already getting so much <laughs> out of that deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was a, an experience, to say the least. So, you are, we're, you're originally from Canada. I'm born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Okay. Um, lived throughout the world, because my parents did, but primarily in Montreal, Canada. Mm-hmm. And then the first U.S. city I moved to was Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was for my postdoc. Okay. Um, and so I, so I finished um, my, my formal training and my PhD at McGill University of Montreal, and then came to Harvard to join Harvard. the va- vaccine uh, research group to, to work on HIV vaccine development. Oh my gosh. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Let's go back. This is a lot. <laughs> it's actually interesting. It's, it's no, really I, interesting. Yeah. Well, go ahead. So, I'll, I'll tell you what, what was your undergrad? Uh, mathematics and physiology, um, and a minor in history of science. Oh my gosh. What did you want to do? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, <laughs> I was, well, I was, and then after that, I was originally in an MD PhD program, which you do your joint degrees and MD degree. And, well, yeah. so there's a backstory. Can I tell okay. the backstory? Please the backstory the is important. All right. So, yeah. so my parents from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. That's from Trinidad. Yeah. Emotional Barbados. Now. How did they these, meet? These are, we're getting that. Love go. that. So, so the English Caribbean, mm-hmm. um, you know, colonized by England, yeah. still has many of the vestigial organs, if you will, of Mother England. Oh. One of them is the education system. Okay. And if you know about the English education system, they have, when you go through kind of K through 12, mm-hmm. their high school is called O Levels, which stands yes. for ordinary level, meaning just regular in 12. Yeah. And then A level, which is advanced placement, like, mm-hmm. you know, we have here, we yeah. have, um, what do we call it here? Um, AP. AP, yeah, that's yeah. AP, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you do your O-level and A-level exams, they actually came back then from Cambridge, England. These paper exams were literally put on a ship, mailed to the Caribbean, the students would do the exams, yeah. the teachers would package them back, ship them back oh to Cambridge, the examiners in her Queensland would grade them, grade them, and then you get your grade. And what happens is the top three scorers yeah. the entire island mm-hmm. got full scholarships to either Cambridge or Oxford in the UK, Yale or Harvard in the US, yeah. or McGill was the only university in Canada. So my dad oh my did really well, was, yeah. and they're called an island scholar. So okay. my dad was an island scholar, yeah. my mother was an island scholar. My dad went to, my dad's from Trinidad, he came to McGill. My mother was from Barbados, she came to McGill. That's how they met. So they met in Montreal, Canada. Now, um, they had um, four kids, yeah. and I am categorically, without question, the oops, babies, wait, wait, younger brother. <laughs> So my older brother, the my, the oops, my older brother was the accident. When I came along, my parents were WTF another one. We are not ready for this. So that's 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 the true story, right? Oh. And so, um, um, and and so, 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 so that's my backstory. And um, how many years and, between and you the, and the other oops? Man, so so it's like three, three, four, four hundred. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's about four gap four. There's four years between my older brother and the rest of the oh other kids, gosh. and then four years between me. But but really, my 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 mom was late forties when I decided to to break out into this thing called planet Earth. So so, um, but loving parents, I'll just oh, yeah. great parents. Yeah. And so um, so that that's that's okay. kind of that, that sequence. And so yeah. so then, um, being the oops baby's younger brother. You're at the mercy of what everybody else did. Oh, yeah. And my parents were academics together. This is a true story. My parents have 11 university degrees between them. My dad has seven. My mother's four. MDs, PhDs, MBAs, they got them all. Just there's no, there's no, just lots of letters rolling around the table. So it sucks, though, because as a kid, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're not going to go to college? <laughs> not going over well. And it got worse. I'm the oops baby's younger brother. Sister, uh, and they all went to McGill. So for those yeah. who don't know, McGill is like 
Harvard in, in Canada. That's in fact, okay. McGill people are snobs. They say Harvard is McGill of the South. That's how, you know, we're, we're not, you're right, right. Okay. So it's all just that. It's really a great international school. Yeah. And so my mom and dad went there. Yeah. Then my elder, my sister is the eldest. She went there. For? For um, undergrad and then did a master's in education. Okay. Okay. Then my other brother went there. Mm -hmm. He did undergrad um, in science and med school. Then my other brother went there. He did undergrad in science and then uh, master's in engineering. And then I come talking to the family while I play hockey. They're like, dude, wait, dude you're Caribbean. <laughs> no, not, not a lot of you make an impression on this ice. But I grew up as a Canadian kid, and I love yeah. hockey. And yeah. I, I even have a picture of me at three years old wearing Montreal. I started playing hockey at three on a team, wearing Montreal Canadian outfit, which, by the way, shout out to my Canadians who made it to, yeah. to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. We didn't get swept, swept okay. thank it's goodness. Okay. But, um, but so I wanted to play hockey. Yeah. And, I, and my parents were like, that's cute. And I was like, okay, well, I, I want to play soccer. But, like, I was a sports kid. I was yeah. running, jumping, you know, laughing. Right. I it's not that I hated school because I didn't hate school mm -hmm. but I just didn't care for it I never yeah. read books and stuff but the rest of my family is academic and so osmosis is a heck of a thing mm -hmm. so you end up kind of doing okay or whatever yeah. so all this to say fast forward by the time I got to college I wasn't the fastest and best kid on the rink anymore so I knew I'd have a hockey career yeah. um, I wasn't I'm tall at five foot seven this is like the tallest I've ever been and so I wasn't going to make pro basketball or you call it <laughs> D1 basketball um, but I did ski Oh. I was the first um, African-Canadian, prison African, sent to, on the McGill University ski team. Wow. Yeah, so I started skiing at the same time I started playing hockey, which was three years old. Like so I, uh, competitive downhill? Downhill skiing, yeah, okay. yeah. So my brother were very, me and my brother were very competitive moguls, um, but, but they, don't have, they didn't have mogul skiing for... What is for, mogul skiing? Moguls, you know those bumps? Boom, 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 boom. Have you ever oh. skied? Yes, so I grew up think, in Denver, but so I don't... Moguls, the, 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 the little hills? Right on, yeah. sorry. Bumps, yeah, I they call it bump skiing here in the U.S. So it's skiing bumps, or snowboarding through bumps. I and then doing all the jumps and... I ski, but I mean, it's, yeah. There you go. There you go. Fancy. So, but, but for racing in college, you didn't have moguls, so it's slalom and giant slalom. Slalom, yeah. I know. There you go. See, but the sports here just didn't happen. Got it. None got of it, that, no. Anyway, I digress. So you were... So that was, ski. Yeah, so that was the kind of side gig, but really I got into science, and okay. uh, that's a funny story, I got into science. So anyway, so that's why I studied uh, mathematics and, and physiology and then history of science, and so wow. so that's what I did in undergrad, and then and then, then um, I did my PhD in immunology, and this is what's interesting. Okay. So PhD, as you know, you get this silly degree that you studied like an incredible amount of stuff, mm -hmm. and you contributed to this field which is a teeny yeah. little thing that probably makes no difference in anybody's life. Right. My PhD thesis was literally called The Immunopathogenesis of Viral Infections and Vaccine Development for, anti for Retroviruses, right? Means nothing to anybody. Sounds Chinese and Greek on the best of days. Well, guess what? It literally is the exact field of enteroviruses and retroviruses yeah. and coronavirus. Uh -huh. So my whole life, my PhD was virtually freaking useless, right? Doesn't help me for anything except that I get to say I'm Dr. Bertley. Tell a pandemic hits and it's a coronavirus, which is a retrovirus, and now my phone is blowing up, my email's blowing up, my little expertise is so valuable. So for the first time in my life for the last 18 months, I feel so valued, <laughs> I'm fulfilled, let me tell you, I feel like I've lived a life. And this is a true story. Yeah. It really is, like most PhDs, who the hell cares? It's right. sitting dusted on a shelf. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm an expert in vaccine development, but oh I'm an expert gosh. specifically in vaccine development around what's called a retrovirus, yeah. which is what coronavirus is. Holy crap. How cool is that? How cool is that? Dude, right? that's, that's awesome. A, that's a mic drop moment, right? Yes, it is. So I'm good for about another six months, and when we're finally over this pandemic, no one's going to give a shit again. I'm sorry. I don't know if we're not no, you're like, oh my no, gosh. No, one, no one's going no to care about my scholarship moving forward. So true story, man. Can't make it up. You are, you're, so you're like, you're really the man right So, so well, so my collaborators, yeah. not, not me personally, because yeah. I was in a slightly different group, but my collaborators all worked with Anthony Fochi and all these people you see on yeah. TV all the time. I mean, we're at Harvard. Right. We're at Harvard yeah. Medical School doing vaccines for HIV. That's my real core. HIV. Okay. So HIV, which is, of course, another retrovirus, yeah. which we still don't have a yeah. vaccine, strangely enough. So, um, but yeah, so, so that's it's crazy. So how are you sitting through all of this time, like watching what's happening? Or are you still being contacted and do, asked? Do you want that story? Yes. I mean, it's... It's, on the one hand, I, all jokes aside, I do appreciate that I have a little bit of understanding of what's happening. Right. On the other hand, I knew exactly how this was going to play out. So, yeah. for example, you know, it hit really with the coronavirus, mm -hmm. it really bad. This country kind of January, February, and most people shut down by March, right? right? 
And everybody's like, oh, we shut down for March, you know, a month or two months, we'll put up in May, you know, June might be bad or whatever. And I remember going to the board, you know, because I oversee COSI, and I told the board directors, look, forget your ideas of this getting back to normal. This is going to be like, you know, and I said 12 months to 18 months. I literally said that. Mm-hmm. I said, because one, we haven't seen this bug in humanity before. Mm-hmm. We have no drugs for it. Right. And we don't have a vaccine. Yeah. And you can't develop these things overnight. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's a very communicable mm-hmm. disease, the yeah. virus. So it's going to spread and get worse mm-hmm. far before it gets better. So knowing that, I, you know, not that, I'm a, not that I was predicting anything, but I really had a good, reasonable understanding for how right. it's going to go compared to the, oh, it's just here and just spend two months and we'll get back to normal. So that was bittersweet because you have yeah. to run an institution mm-hmm. where everybody's looking at you, hey, Mr. Kosai, why are you not open? Why can't you open? Other people open. Why can't you open? You're like, I know too much. Well, yeah. you know, I, I can't. If I wasn't, to be honest, if I wasn't a scientist mm-hmm. and or I wasn't working at a science center, I might have opened a lot earlier, right? Yeah. But I can't pretend to know science mm-hmm. and understand that it was dangerous for person X to come because they can get it and some people die. Whether people are conspiracy theorists or not and think it's a hoax or not, people fact of the matter is people are just like people yeah. get the flu, right? right? People got, got coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so that was interesting, kind of wow. wearing the leading a building or an institution that needs to be open for the public mm-hmm. versus trying to leverage science and stay true to the fact that I did spend a lot of time studying this and understand it a little bit. How do I make that decision to... to well, know. that's not <clears throat> pressing at all or stressful, I'm sure. I mean, well, I mean, and, and my heart goes out to everybody who was running any kind of anything, whether it's a business, a store, yeah. a restaurant, or an institution. It, it was a lot of pressure because in our lifetime, we've never been in a situation where, you know, you had... I mean, almost everybody had to make really tough decisions. Mm-hmm. And in my case at COSI, you know, you know the museum world. You work in a museum... Mm-hmm. People work at a museum are salt of the earth people. Like, they yeah. love the museums, you know. Mm-hmm. They work there. They don't work there for a year. I mean, they're there 10, 15, 20, some of the 30 years. Yeah. And you have to look them in the eye and say, it's not your fault, but I got to let you go. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're doing it to 1% of the staff. Mm-hmm. You're doing it to a single. So, so that was really, yeah. really, yeah. really tough and challenging. Yeah. You know, Ugh. Yeah, that's right. I don't like it. Yeah. But vaccines are good. Thanks for studying that. Appreciate sure. it. Sure. I was like, I was like, shoot me up, man. I'll take my thigh, whatever. Get, get it in me. I did. I was pretty excited that uh, the night that they opened, there was a benefit to turning forty mm-hmm. because got we got in bracket. there. So I got in the night before they said we could sign up. I got in. I got okay, my vaccine the first day. No kidding. I did good for you. Yeah. Wow. It's like I'm old. Look, you live to tell about it. I, yes, I plan on it. <laughs> I mean, we're all going to die. There's a pretty good chance of that. I mean, the government's tracking you for sure. I know. Right now. Yeah, I've got a radio station yeah. that I can pick up, which is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all worth tracking. I know. That's I right. That's so right. amazing to track. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> for what? Do you need to know that I'm playing Rick Astley again? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> that's how they serve the ads. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, that's how they do it. Goodness gracious. So where were you post-PhD then? How did you get into this crazy world that you're in now? So, great questions. So, a um, few things. One, I'm a restless soul. I can tell. So, so you know, I, I, I get, I get, <laughs> you know, I get passionate about things. Yeah. I learn a lot about it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I've learned enough about it. I want to try or do something else. Okay. And so that combined with, I did want to get the PhD. Like, I really wanted to get mm-hmm. the highest level. And do a deep dive in something. Yeah. But I also knew long term, I didn't want to run a lab. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting lifestyle to be a full time scientist who's doing research. Yeah. It's very lonely. Um, it's very tough because mm-hmm. you're doing research, you know, and experiment after experiment. It doesn't work. You know, yeah. mind shavery stuff you doesn't s- work, and oh, something breaks through, but uh, like six years later. And it's just, a, you know, you got to be wired a certain way to want to be in a lab all day, all night all weekend mm-hmm. for year after year and that's not me I mean I love learning I love doing a deep dive but then I want to do other stuff so I knew that yeah. um, but what do you do with a PhD in viral immunopathogenesis nothing right <laughs> like if you want to continue in lab work that's fine but is it, where you can't apply for a job what's your skill set uh, I know about viral immunopathogenesis like it, it's, it's not translatable yeah. to a typical field unless you want to be an academic it's yeah. that simple yeah. um, but I got lucky in that I learned about this field called intellectual property. 
And so, you know, patents, mm-hmm. that, you know, that. What I didn't know was intellectual property is the second most lucrative law field. The first is merger and acquisition business law, the second is IP. Okay. Right? And Cali, the third might be, be divorced, but the rest of the world, yeah, they are. Yeah. So, so um, and what happens is if you come up with a patent, for mm-hmm. example, for a breast cancer drug, or for yeah. a new software, or what have you, mm-hmm. right? The patent is a legal document that's issued by the government of the U.S. or whatever other country you're from. Yeah. It's a legal document. Right. It has to be written by lawyers. Uh-huh. The average lawyer has no idea that your incredible breast cancer drug works or doesn't work because right. they're not a scientist. Oh, so okay. back in like the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, mm-hmm. they used to hire people with PhDs or expertise in science as consultants to work with the lawyers to say, hey, this is why this is a good breast cancer drug, or this is why this new software technology will work. Here's the science behind it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, work yeah. on the patent. It got so lucrative that these top law firms now hire these people who are experts, right. put them in-house, mm. pay them a boatload of money, bougie office. <laughs> now, when you, here's another myth. When you have a PhD, people think you're rich. No, you just have three letters after your name called PhD. <laughs> you're in student debt, and you get paid dirt when you're doing your postdoc. Uh-huh. You're not making. You're yeah. really not. Yeah. And so now you have this. It's called. It's called um, technology specialist. Okay. And so law firms will pick you up as a person who has expertise in this mm-hmm. field, and either bring you in house, and you work directly with the lawyers, and you you do really well, and you learn this whole new field. And for oh, me, that wow. was amazing because one, I knew nothing about law. Two. Um, you learn about things like like venture capital mm-hmm. and business development and entrepreneurship because you know that patents are like yeah. the kind of engine to spawn right. all of that. So that was really a cool educational experience for me, wow. and I did that for three years, enjoyed it, um, and then um, believe it or not, after all that talk about not wanting to be a scientist, missed missed science a little bit. So I worked in a in a biotech company for just a little bit, <laughs> um, and then a colleague of mine. But I was always passionate. My big passion is education. Yeah. My big passion is getting people, whatever the field is, mm-hmm. just getting people to, to see and be interested in wanting to learn more about X. And so a colleague of mine um, at, at MIT was like, hey, there's this place called the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It's like COSI mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's a science museum. And they're looking for an executive to oversee their science and education programs. Now, I've never been an executive. I'm a scientist. Yeah. I worked at a law firm. I had a little kind of experience working with lawyers and stuff, but I yeah. was never like a vice president of anything. Um, but the person knew the search firm, and I threw my hat in the ring, and long story short, I got the position at the yeah. Franklin Institute. So I left okay. Boston, moved to Philly to work in the science field at Franklin Institute as the vice president of science and education, and without question, my sweet spot. Mm. Like, I love that intersection of communicating science to people. I love connecting to hardcore scientists to understand the science, mm-hmm. to meeting lay people, and just reaching a broader audience through conversations like this, yeah. through um, media productions, and of mm-hmm. course through the exhibits and the experiences right. we provide in our, in our yeah. buildings. And so that's where I was like, oh, this is my jam. Okay. And so I did that for a while in Philadelphia, and this job came calling. That's so the folks cool. at Cosine, like the Godfather, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> and so, so I came to Cosine. Did they have a cat on their yeah. lap when they uh, did it? Horse's head. Have <laughs> you ever seen the Godfather movie? I don't know. I just went straight okay. to Animal House from there. <laughs> yeah. Just like across genre there. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, so. <laughs> so when did you come to Columbus then? Has I been moved two here. Years? Oh, no, way more. I moved here in June. The pandemic's been due. Remember that. I, I, I've moved here January 1 of 2017, and it's a Sunday, and I started Monday, January 2, 2017. Gracious. And it's been great. Okay. Like I said, I'm not from Columbus, but yeah. I'm of Columbus. Like, I love it here. Yeah. yeah. We got a good city. Yeah. A great city. Yeah. Y'all are too humble about it. I mean, I don't want y'all to be like New York braggarts, but Columbus, you know, y'all need to, to not obviously you appreciate it, but you guys understand, well, no, I'm part of it now. We undersell we our community. We do. And then people tell me that's because we don't want too many people to come and know how cool it is. No, Whatever, that's man. not true. It's just the Midwestern ethic, just kind of chilling, yeah. not boastful, you know, mm-hmm. keep moving. But I really like it because the Midwestern ethic is very much Canadian. So in Canada, okay. people, you know, look at you, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. How you doing, eh? How you been? Like, they'll, but they'll talk to you, Yeah. right? Move to New York and Philly, like, how you doing? A, they don't look in the eye. Mm-hmm. B, you look away, psh, they snatch your purse and you're gone, right? Whereas <laughs> Columbus, you say, how you doing? And they look at you in the eye. Yeah. And they're actually waiting for an answer. Like, they're actually going to know how yeah. you're doing. Like, and, but that's very Canadian. So it was Is so it? easy for me to just get comfortable okay. with this great community. I remember reading, um, I did a mission trip mm-hmm. long ago to Kenya, and mm-hmm. we read a book before we left about what they considered 
warm versus cold countries. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure, like, yeah, yeah. Or even Not temperature, but, but yeah, but uh, in in relation. Yes. That, that. Um, and that was because for me, I am clearly drawn to warmer. Well, so hang on, so hang on, hang on. Yeah. Well, how, what did they conclude about the United States of America? It, it is state by state. Ah, Absolutely. Okay. Or not okay. necessarily state, but region. Got it. Um, so for me, I, I love the South. Yeah. Very I warm. I feel very comfortable Southern down there. Southern hospitality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Denver, which is just kind of a mix of a little bit of everything. Sure, Most sure. people there were kind of from somewhere else. Sure, yeah, sure. newer. Yeah. 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 But the... The, the quickness of the upper northern, it's like, mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. No, no, you're right, you're right. But you go further north into Canada, and even I, though Canada physically is colder, But right? it's warmer. Personality is warm, absolutely. I don't know, I don't know what your Kenyan kind of um, mission trip <laughs> talks about Canada, but I can tell yeah. you, without question, Canadians are, I mean, who doesn't like Canadians, right? Right. When Trudeau, come on. Right? Oh, he is. Right? And his tax? Trudeau is gorgeous. Sorry. Gonna lay Listen, it right out see, there. Uh, it's not my first radio show. I always throw Trudeau out. Gets me good in the conversation. Very good. Gonna need a minute here. Um, Trudeau. And so anyway, Canada, do you, did you, train? did you ever pick up a Canadian accent? Sure. What words? Do you still have it? It's about time, eh? When are we gonna do this interview? <laughs> I mean, I can put on a Canadian accent. I mean, when I go home, I try not to, but, you know, just, I'm very comedic, right? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll morph and kind of yeah. try to fit in. But I can do the Canadian accent. Je le dis en français aussi, si tu veux. Sorry. <laughs> Je peux le dire en français, si tu veux. No. I can do the French-Canadian accent. Uh, I can do the Parisian accent, but I can do the French-Canadian accent, which is really funny. Okay. Which is what I was just doing. Okay. So, but anyway, that's Canada. But then you went to Boston. Did you... Did you pick up any of the Oh, man, wicked piss at the park on a Fenway. <laughs> Get me a chili dog. <laughs> Goddamn Red Sox lost again. <laughs> and then Philly. Because Philly has but, an accent, but, but too, But Philly yeah. has, so, so, so Boston, Boston has a little bit of what I'm about to say, but Philly has a lot. Philly, you got accents. So okay. you got the, the white kind of blue-collar accent. Mm-hmm. Which is like a mixture of almost like New Jersey and New York weird accent, but then you got the African American Philly accent, mm-hmm. which is different. So, yeah. so, so I'm just confused when I'm in Philly. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, but but Philly accent is definitely different than than, than Boston. Um, Interesting. I don't think I, it's not as it's not as remarkable, so I can't immediately convert to it. Yeah. But Boston is easy. To do. Boston's easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they make a movie about a particular place, though, too, yeah. I think people associate. Oh, yep. that's a Goodwill Hunting accent. Yeah, you know? yeah, fair enough. It was. It's interesting. We were. I was. How about to, them apples? You like apples? I do like. How apples. about them? Remember that scene in the Goodwill Hunting? Yes. That's like my favorite scene, oh, man. Great. Guy gets the girl, bam, throws it down. Oh, that was classic. It's a good movie. Yeah, What's your favorite enough. movie? Sorry. I, or or um, top. Let me be fair. Top three to five. So okay. So okay. this is a trick question. I know. Favorite movie? Why? So for example. Okay. I grew up watching Wizard of Oz over and over right. and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up watching Escape from Alcatraz over and over and over. I don't know if that's because we had three channels at home and that would come on every year. <laughs> so, but, so, so, yeah, you get those movies. Um, but then, you know, I like everything from... from Good Will Hunting is actually a good movie. Yeah. I don't know if it's top three, but it's okay. definitely top 20. Okay. Hunting. But, um, but, you know, Silence of the Lambs, man. When mm-hmm. I met Hannibal Lecter, I was like, this dude is creepy and scary, but, mm-hmm. man, he's so... So good. So good. Right? And then Anthony Hopkins, Fall from Grace. But Anthony Hopkins, I mean, what an actor, right? I mean, you're, speaking of that, you're an actress. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you? Is Anthony Hopkins a good actor? Amazing actor. Right? And so, and then you roll in, you know, um, um, what's her name? Who won the, the Academy Award? Jodie uh, Foster. Foster, another amazing actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so that movie I remember watching like mm. so many times. But it really, it really depends on, you know, what it's on your time. Sometimes okay. I like documentaries, sometimes I, like, you know, so. So I guess movie that you could. The way that I always see it is, it's a movie, if you're sitting in a hotel, flipping channels, and suddenly this movie comes on, you've seen it a million times, but you still sit Fried watching. Green Tomatoes. Really? Love it. Interesting. Love it. Love. I've never seen it. Oh my goodness. And you claim you like the South? Girl, get on your fried, to- fried green tomatoes groove. It's a really good movie. Really good movie. Good book and good movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're classics. Look, I, I'm a Star Wars guy. Fine. I gotta go you're there. in the right yeah. place. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, good. 
As I'm a Star Wars guy, you know, yeah. I think that goes without saying, but that's a classic answer. Mm -hmm. But um, but fried green tomatoes, man. Every time I'm traveling, if I turn on that damn hotel TV, I'm missing. I'm missing my first meeting for sure. Gotta watch, gotta uh, watch I'm not going to make it. Uh, the I need to finish this Kathy Bates. <laughs> 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 okay. Mine is Shawshank Redemption. Well, I was coming to... Oh, man. When he's on the roof and he did that negotiation and got them beers to do... I love that movie. And it, you, you know what? I'm hopping the bandwagon. Yes, I should have said Shawshank. Shawshank. I, and it's not... Ben knows me. I don't. I have a weird movie taste. I've seen very little because we grew up with the very confusing. You're not allowed to watch PG-13 till you're 13. You can't watch R till you're 17. However, when you're eight, we're gonna take you to go see Les Misérables. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, rebellion, revolution. Let's learn about prostitution <laughs> and murder <laughs> and suicide. Uh, okay. Lots of cussing. I learned bastard from Les Mis. No kidding. I had no idea. And I was, God was knows how I've lasted. Was it Les Bastard? No, or was it, it you was, bastard. God knows how I've lasted living with this bastard in the house. My sister's like, oh, don't say that. That's a cuss word. <laughs> so I learned from musicals. But no anyway, kidding. so I missed a lot. Because mm -hmm. it just didn't, we didn't see movies because we couldn't yeah. see half of them. Yeah, got it. So, so then when did you see Shawshank? Oh, as an adult. Okay. Uh, college, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was sort of like, yeah. I've missed out. No, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I am a sucker for redemption movies, and, yeah. and Shawshank is just really oh, cool. so good. Yeah. And filmed here in Ohio. I did not know you that. You didn't know that? No. The Mansfield, is it Mansfield Correction? Mansfield Correction Institution. You need no to go. Kidding. We should go on a field okay. trip. This, this, this may be gauche for your podcast, but I'm just going to level set. Not too many black people like to go to visit prisons. That's true. It's, no, no, no. I it's just something I don't go on a field trip right to. Right. No offense. But it's haunted. <laughs> And, okay, here's the second thing black people don't do. Here's the second thing black people don't do. We talk about this all the time. We, we watch horror movies and we're like, you can't make a horror movie with African Americans in it because when you hear you get to the house, get down. It's hard. We're like, all right, see you later. Whereas, whereas you know, the, the white actors and actors are like, hey, Bob, that, we should check that we should out. go inside. Right? So, okay, jails and they're haunted. I'm not your guy. That's fine. I'll read it But so, so it's filmed here. It was filmed in Mansfield. No kidding. Yeah, not all of it, I don't Think. Not all of it, but uh, the, most of the, the prison scenes. And so a lot of the extras are local people. They were, I yeah. think. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I'm not a fan of haunted places, so that's yeah. kind of keeping me yeah. away from. Okay, well you mean you say? Here's my thing about haunted places, right? Like, what happens if it's really haunted? Yeah. Like, like that's a problem. <laughs> problem scientifically, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And on other fronts too. I mean, I just you know. What I, do you like, do about it? Yeah. I mean, I just look. Maybe I don't have a sophistication around it, but so mm -hmm. this may be a naive statement. But I've never heard of something haunted being good. Yeah, like, I've never seen a good outcome coming from such and such as yeah. haunted. Right, like yeah. so. Thank goodness uh, for that haunting. Right, like, I'm like, so man, glad we have a ghost. Oh, wake us went, Wow, what a haunted night experience that was. It's like yeah. So so I stay clear too. It's interesting. Like, yeah. We talk a, for some reason a lot of our podcasts land on hauntings on ghosts on ghosts, yeah. ghosts. Yeah. well i worked in when i worked with with catco we worked in a haunted <laughs> building supposedly but i'm a chicken and i don't want to be scared i don't yeah. like to be scared yeah. you know yeah. halloween time when people are like let's go to the haunted forest yeah. no <laughs> i don't want the option of being like yeah. i would like somebody to jump out and scare the yeah. shit out why yeah. <laughs> Fair. Like, Fair. life is hard enough. Right? Well, Why are we you. asking for people? So I'm, I'm, I'm totally with me. you. I'm totally with you. Yeah. I'm totally with you. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So how is, I mean, obviously pandemic has been nutty, but what is your favorite thing about or in Kosai? Well, my favorite thing about Kosai is the people. I mean, yeah. I mean, starting from my staff. I mean, we touched on this earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, museum people are just really nice people. That's mm -hmm. A. So it's fun to have staff that you actually like yeah. and you look forward to working with. Um, the other favorite thing about Kosai pre-pandemic and now especially post-pandemic mm -hmm. is now that we're open, mm -hmm. I mean, let me step back. We've been closed for 15 months. The building is 320,000 square feet, mm -hmm. three football fields long. It's a big building. Mm -hmm. Now, I've seen the building at night. Mm -hmm. I've even stayed over there at night different mm -hmm. times, and so it's empty and it's quiet. But in the day, Kosai is always mm -hmm. forever burgeoning with activity, families, yeah. kiddos. 
for 15 months, you could literally on any given day walk into the building, walk through the building and not see anybody. You talk about haunted. It was ghost-like. Yeah. And so now that we're open again mm -hmm. and you're seeing the expressions on kids' faces, on family faces, yeah. they are so excited to be there. I mean, there's nothing better than that, you yeah. know? And, of course, that's how it was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But the pandemic just, and I'm preaching to the choir here, just, mm -hmm. just completely um, highlighted how much people want to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And so now they're coming back and they're yeah. even happier. The yeah. experience on the high wire we talked about yeah. is even that much better because right. they can do it again. So, yeah. you know, you walk around Coastside today and it's like a love fest because mm -hmm. people are just happy and that's, you know, that's just really cool. We, actually, we hope it lasts long, but yeah. that's just really cool. We talked, we just had Julia from Opera Columbus on. Oh, okay. Was, was that this week? I have no sense of time at all right now. Uh, last week, I believe. Pandemic caused Pandem that, by the way. Or motherhood, yeah. one or the other. Um, <laughs> But we mentioned that in that there is this greater appreciation of things, mm -hmm. or should be, sure. and I hope that that lasts. Yeah, that yeah. we we can we can walk into the doors of Kosai and be excited to be there, and appreciate it for what it is. And it's it's funny you're saying that. I mean, sociologists are going to be studying the heck out of that. Yeah, you know how much of this stuff is going to persist, both mm -hmm. on the good side of mm -hmm. appreciating what we have, et cetera, et cetera, what we can do. And on the bad side, unfortunately, all the negative stuff that came out depend on the stress, mm -hmm. the this, and all these, things, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how they last. Yeah. I'm hoping the negative stuff falls off quickly and the good that stuff would be persists. great, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. But we're, you know, human beings are creature of habit. Mm-hmm. Right? We are. Yeah, and we go to familiar places. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I remember what this was like. Yep. So you, over the pandemic, you did a lot of video and... Mm -hmm science kits and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah, 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 my yeah, kiddo yeah. actually was a model for one of your science kits oh I, I, are they on our website uh -huh. look at that right. did, did we pay you properly no. we got a science <laughs> kit <laughs> it's it's called doing favors for friends because thank we all you. do that you know that as a co-sign employee <laughs> cheers to your mom thanks appreciate it very it, much yeah there's there's a lovely... Which one? Because I know all the images we use. So it, do you remember which kitchen? Is it space, water, nature, dinosaur? Remember which kitchen they're doing? I can't remember. You know I'm totally checking out. So I know, I'm not I even know. waiting to take it off. It's yeah, in the car. I'm pulling out my phone. We go in. It was ghostly. I remember okay. that. Walking up to there and it was like... Oh, yeah, that's no, really weird. weird. But thank you for doing that. I'll just say I appreciate that because yeah. we, you know, every now and then people say, oh, you should have models. And, and we're like, we want real people. We want real people yeah. to reaction. So thank you. Right. Very cool. Of course. It was Very fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And it, my kiddo got to see other kiddos that yeah. they've worked with in the past yeah. and be in the building. And I remember Mike was just like, this is weird. Mm. <laughs> just mm. walking around because mm. I actually had to leave Kosai because I was knocked up. And <laughs> that was, Mike is the reason I left my job at Kosai. God, God, no kidding. Yeah. Well, well, Mike is the reason to bring you back. The problem is, Dr. B, I'm not a science person. And that's why you need to come to GoSide. <laughs> it was for example, yeah. For example, okay. do, you like, do you like race cars? Are you into automotive racing? Mm -mm. Do you like cool stuff? Mm -hmm. Okay. She so, I mean, you like theater. You know Coastside's all about theater. Did you go through progress? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so we have this the number one race car right now in the world okay is the honda red bull racing okay rb16b the number one race car sporting event in the world is called formula one racing mm -hmm. it's the most expensive cars they're like 25 to 30 million dollars per car oh my gosh we have that on the floor at kosai and here's the best part even if you're not into motorsports Male or female, you will look at that car, and it's the sexiest piece of engineered thing you've ever seen. It is so darn cool. Yeah. So, so that's what I mean. So, cosine. It's not just about size. You come in here and you right. see that, and you're like, oh. yes. you talked about being she alone did. a little earlier with Trudeau. I'm like, I need to hang with that car. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, really, it's just, it's just, yeah, absolutely. No, so, but that is what I love about cosine is that it's not one particular thing. That's right. There are different aspects that, and that's why I loved working there. Yeah. In yeah. that. Somebody like me yeah. could introduce Well, especially something. you were a cow. Again, yeah. cow is the term cosine wheels. wheels. I'm not I'm not disrespecting not, my hostess here. No. Um, but but there was a lot of acting in that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean you're you're making the show come alive. Mm -hmm. And it may be science content, but you gotta make it come alive by right. by acting it out or doing demonstrations. So the first week I have to tell you this, and I don't I don't know how they do their training anymore, but first week 
I was hired on, we had to travel with somebody who'd done the show before, mm -hmm. and then Josh Sarver was my scene partner, oh, not no scene kidding. partner, but uh, traveling partner. Mm -hmm. So we were doing alternate weeks on the space, launch into space program. Okay. So we traveled around to these teeny tiny little farm schools in okay. Ohio. Okay. And so Nick was training Monday to Wednesday, we got to watch him. Okay. Thursday, Josh had to do it. Okay. Friday, I had to do it. Got it. So I'm freaking out, you know, learning a script for about a week. That, yeah. Okay, that's fine. But then having to do all the stuff yeah. and then train all the people. Yeah. So I remember uh, Bill Alexander was my boss, and he came and watched me do the, Yeah, no pressure. The boss comes and watches me do the first show. Made it through, and it was one of those at the end, like, oh, I did it. Um, and he came up and he's like, Krista, that was, that was great. You yeah. did a really nice job. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, do you understand anything that you're talking about? I was like, no, not really. He goes, okay, let's work on that part of it. Those <laughs> <laughs> are no questions. You're golden. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't ask me anything about it. I'll do the show. But no, it was, for me, it was good to not just get words and you have to speak words. Sure. But to do something. Sure. With that sure, sure, you know yeah. and just no, cool. meeting and working with so many kids and high schoolers well yeah. that's i love about cosa i mean you talked about josh sarver you took me way back I mean, he's now a vice president i know i mean I'm that, so you, proud know, of you know the, well the cool thing about places like cosa is you yeah. can't you know you can come in at any level but there's room to grow and develop and mm -hmm. do new things and other things so yep and Perrin and Kevin and all yep. those people. Yeah, they're all there. there. They're, they're all there. there. Yeah. I know. And but, they're rock stars and that we've maintained friendships over yeah. these years too yeah. is there yeah. something like you said, the salt of the earth people is yeah. that yeah. we're different. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's not the poo poo and everybody else in the world, but but really, there's <laughs> something, you know, it's salt. You know, we said the salt of the earth mm -hmm. and the people. It's, they make for a great company. Do you get? I don't know. Do you get a lot of people that come in like I just want to do science? Or do, is it oh kind yeah, of oh yeah. You got you got the yeah, you got the polar extremes. You got the folks yeah. who aren't necessarily into science, but right. either they're bringing kiddos or they, yeah. they know it's a cultural institution, and whether it's science or not, they need to. Just, get the experience uh -huh. but then you have like i am albert einstein i'm going to tell you why your exhibits suck or uh, are incorrect uh, you know that's very few but i'm just saying we have the yeah. extremes but most people um whether they love science or not love the engagement that the experience offers mm -hmm. and that's fun what's and your I, favorite exhibit um right now um the rb I'm 16. Yeah. <laughs> the Honda Red Bull car. Do you just sit <laughs> so, in front of it so, and just do this? Well, when I get out of it, yeah. Oh. I mean, I you sit can get in, in it. it. This is being recorded. Uh, no, never. <laughs> I never. Honda. No, I'm not no, sat in it. No. <clears throat> I, I, no, no. You know, I get in it. I line both the insides with petroleum jelly. For those of you who don't know, that is Vaseline. I get naked and I slide in. <laughs> okay, and I do, and I do because. If you come and see the where they sit, it is my portly self is not it's getting so in there. It's tiny. Like they're, they're slightly bigger than jockeys, most drivers. Yeah. But they weigh like you know they they might get up to like there's one or two that are like five ten you know maybe yeah. six. Yeah. Most of them are five seven. But they're like a buck thirty and slim. And you lose by the way, you lose ten pounds each race. What? I mean it's the best diet you gain it back during the week. You lose ten pounds. How? They're averaging like 150 miles an hour. They're hitting 220 top speed yeah. miles per hour. The G-forces and the sweat, like you're like this for two hours, driving super fast. And so the stress and the G-forces and the concentration and, and also the heat because you got a rocket yeah. ship engine behind right. you. You just, you literally perspire so much oh that it lose 10 pounds. It lose from 8 to 11 pounds every race in sweat. Because it's like everything weighs more yeah. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is an intense sport. I mean, they talk about the G-forces that you get when you go to gravity. You know, you mm -hmm. get 0G or, or yeah. 2G, those parabolic flights that you hear yeah. with Comet. These folks can experience up to, like, 15 and 20 Gs doing corners. Like, they say their neck muscles are, like, stronger than any, even though they don't look the jacked tension? up. Just that they deal with because it's so much. So, anyway, but the, so the cockpits are, like... They're, they they sit them, they're made out of wax. Yeah. Like they sit them in wax in the off season. You sit in the wax, they mold it around you and form the mold, and that's your thing. And so you slide in there, and your butt is literally about this high off the ground. I'm not exaggerating. The whole time? Your butt sits lower than your feet. So you're like on a lawn chair where your feet are higher than your butt, and you're driving like this, and oh you're doing like, like, like ridiculous speeds. Anyway. I have no idea. So that's my. So that sounds super exciting. <laughs> that's my favorite exhibit. Awful. Aside from that, it's got to be dinosaurs. Okay. Now go to dinosaurs, cause you know, I mean, eh, you know, 
Yeah, anywhere right. between 60 to 100 million years old. I mean, yeah. it's pretty darn cool. They are cool. But they move around at night. People don't know this. Stop it. Oh, what are you kidding me? Are you going to come at night? Come at night with your yeah, cameras? I don't you come let at me know. Night. Come at, they're not haunted, though. I, we, we talked about the haunted piece. Yeah, not haunted. Right. So but they, they, they move around, around man. They turn on the lights and they're like, and they do their thing. Mm-hmm. They turn on the lights and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> that is museum. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Totally. Totally. In yeah. fact, our dinosaur gallery is produced by AMNH, the American Museum of Natural mm-hmm. History, which is where Night of the Museums is filmed. So I'm telling you, we clicked it off that light, you hear. They make noises. Well, that's the baby T-Rex. Oh, right on. Right yeah, on. The, the older ones, though, not to. Were you so into sure. dinosaurs as a kid? I mean, just who isn't, right? I mean, yeah. not not in the insane way some kids are. I mean, these yeah. kids know these Latin terms. They can rattle off these names, and they're like, what? I know, to Tyrannosaurus Rex, and I work in a museum. It's like, right? So, um, but I mean, you know, Jurassic Park was classic. Yeah. You know, and it began with me with, 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 yeah. with Dino. I was a huge Flintstone fan, so. Oh. Not that dinosaurs are purple, but, you know. True. I appreciated True. Dino. That's right. So, so yeah. But, but yeah. the gallery, though, um, back to your What's My Fair Exhibit, the dinosaur gallery is a really smartly curated pool mm-hmm. space. You know, that's it's great right. for the information. It's great for the pictures. You know, you're just seeing stuff that's like like 50 million years old. Because mm-hmm. about about 80% of our gallery is authentically dug out of the ground. And then another 30% are, you know, kind of made up. Wow. And stuff to complement. But a lot of stuff is real stuff that dug out of the yeah. planet. Which is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Love it. My next favorite exhibit is what's coming, and I can't announce it now, but I'll come back to you when I'm going to okay. announce it. It's going to be a blockbuster exhibit. We can come it's to unbelievable. you. If you want to do that, well, it's, it's going to be huge okay. news. I'm just saying that right now. Ooh, it's going to be such huge news. Okay. Muppets one's tough, for, tough to pop. Yeah. Yeah, that Jim Henson, the yeah. time of Jim Henson, that, that, was, that was really cool. Which, speaking of which, and I'll send you the link, this is the kind of team I got. <laughs> so... We're getting Jim Henson. I grew up with, of course, that's where we the Muppets. I mm-hmm. mean, my favorite characters were <laughs> Sam the Eagle and then the two old farts who would constantly crack jokes. They were just so funny. I was scared of Sam yeah. the Eagle. Because he was so, like, weird looking. I didn't like He scared me. Yeah, but as I got older, I was like, oh, he's pretty funny. Yeah, he's very funny. Um, so I was thrilled, like, y'all, thrilled that we were getting yeah. the Muppets, you know, the Henson. And just Jim Henson, cool. just a really mm-hmm. an interesting creative soul. And so, um, so my team decides, unbeknownst to me, to make a fucking puppet of me that they called Dr. B. <laughs> they made it with my jeans. Normally it's warm now, so I'm in shorts, but normally I wear Levi's jeans and I always flip up the, because I'm short. I can never find, you know, yeah. I'm short and stocky, so I can't find the proper length. So I always, my jeans are always too long, so I do this thing where I flip up my cuff, but my cuff is always this thick. Right. Not a little cuff, I don't yeah. sew it. I just flip up uh-huh. the cuff that comes with yeah. the jeans, this thing. And I always wear Converse Chuck Taylors. Right? For your audience. So they, and they're usually orange because that's Kosai colors. Right. They made jeans for this puppet. And the puppet's like this. It's like a, oh sk- it's a big puppet. Okay. Right? It's not a little hand not mannequin. A hand it's a big thing. Not a hand puppet. And he's got jeans. He's got orange Chuck Taylors. He's got a blazer like me and a cap. And they called the Dr. B and they unveiled this and it was the funniest thing. Then they reached out to, to our partners. Yeah. We have partners with the Blue Jackets uh-huh. and Nationwide, etc. And they took this puppet, and I'm on the board of the airport as well. Okay. They took this puppet first to the airport, and they made this movie where you see psh, plane flying in, landing at John Glenn Airport. And then they have me, the puppet, going in, dressed like me, taking my suitcase. I have a very interesting particular suitcase. You'd like it. It's kind of like an artist prop. And this little puppet's taking his suitcase, right? Then goes to Nationwide Arena. They show the puppet. Not, uh, sorry, through Nationwide Children's Hospital, yeah. Nationwide Arena. Then the art museum. They go up to the ki- Kindy Wiley. Your Kindy Wiley? That's yeah. my favorite painting in there. So they take the Muppet, looks up at Kindy Wiley, and does this. Right? <laughs> then they take me to the Blue Jackets dress. They get my puppet. I can't get in there. But they get my puppet in the Blue Jackets dressing room, the legit dressing room with the skates and the jerseys yeah. and stuff. And he's like, you know, looking on there. And then he goes to Tommy's, which is my favorite diner. Yeah, I love now, I go to Tommy's. I've gone to Tommy's quite a bit. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of them. I yeah. know them very well. Mm-hmm. And every time I get there, um, you know, Michael, the son, comes out um, and he drops a mimosa <laughs> on my desk for me, you know. So, and I don't know any of this is happening, right? I, they did so all this for the So Mike comes out at, at, at Tommy's and drops a mimosa for the puppet. 
And so anyway, so they unveil this in, in the kind of thing in the immediate. So the first time I saw all this was through the video. Anyway, so all this to say, I love the Henson exhibit, uh, but that's the kind of team I got. They got, they got jokes. Oh, they do. They're, they're yeah. very funny. So. There's never a dull moment. Never a dull person. moment. So the puppets got way more love than, than, than wow. the kid right here. I'm sorry. That's so, okay. Hey, man. It's kind uh, you kind of gotta live vicariously. Well, <laughs> and I can put him in the car. He fits in the car. So just wait till you see the just wait till you see the spy photos. This is the first time I'm saying. So we are doing some really funny things with the puppet and this car, but I'm not releasing them yet because the car's got another week here. I don't want Honda to get pissed at me. <laughs> so so I'm doing something. Sorry. and I'll, I'll beg for forgiveness later. But once the car is gone, you're gonna see all these things on social media of this puppet. It's like, gonna be so funny. It's gonna be classic. Your puppet's got a, a life. It does man. Wow. It does. And I got nothing to do with it. I just see these different images that come <laughs> Never around. Never thought you'd be jealous yeah. of a puppet. Right, right, exactly. No, fair enough. No, we we actually did a live podcast at Kosai. Mm. When was that? It was one of the... It's the Science of Beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it was like, uh, oh gosh, it seems like last year, Seem, but that yeah. definitely wasn't the case. Yeah. It, was, uh, it must have been about a year and a half ago. It's one of the Thursday night events for yeah. adults. Sure, the, yeah, the Coast After Dark events. We're yeah. going to bring that back. Um, so to that point, whenever you guys want to come back and do a fun live anything, please, please do so. Yeah. Um, the other thing I should let you know is is we're opening up a um, a speakeasy mm. inside Cosa. What? Yep. And so that's going to be killer. That's where we should do our podcast. Well, when we open it, you should. Okay. It's gonna be. It's gonna where? be amazing. Are you allowed to say we're in the building? Inside Kosai. But I will. I promise you, I'll give you an invitation. We're we're launching it just with VIP invites first. I promise you both will get an invitation. So but it's fun. gonna be really really cool. Oh my gosh. Really really cool. So one of one of the themes is because we're a science museum. Mm -hmm. You know, all the it's gonna be you know legit bow tie, you oh, know, yeah. stuff, handwritten, yeah. making drink. Right but all the the baristas or or, or mixologists. They're going to understand the science behind it. So they're not just going to make the stuff, but they're going to explain to you why, why you know, if you're, not to do that with Cosmo at a, at a speakeasy, but, yeah. you know, why the vodka, why the Cosmo tastes so good is because the vodka hydroxyl bonds are bonding to the cranberry juice and it's giving you that effervescence mm. in, in your tongue and, oh, it's so good, brought to you science by Kosai. Do you know what I mean? So they're yeah. going to break down all the science of all the cocktails. Like so we're looking that. forward to it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Bring your drink on. <laughs> But really, if it, I mean, we have, as you know, we have so many cool spaces. So yeah. anytime you want to change it up and do some, some filming there, some podcasting. Love it. Yeah. Well, and it's, again, I love that Kosai is so welcoming of everybody yeah. and wanting to get people in yeah. and just come see our stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know no, I mean? absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it, back to the car, what was really funny about the car, well, no, but just because a whole bunch of people came mm -hmm. who don't care about science, yeah. except for like, engineering of a car right. but have no interest in going to go side but they heard of a car they came to see the car and they're like hey this, wait a minute this place is going to do some dinosaur over there and so we could, we got these new converts just yeah. by again extending what we're right. willing to offer by having something that you would have so, yeah. so which probably happens every time you get something new I Cuba assume. we have a Cuba exhibit yeah. right the whole Latin population not interested in coming to go side now they're coming you know da, da, da. it's been great and then being a part of the summer I can't I should know the, the title of it but the museums for all Yes. Which is yes. super cool. Yeah, that's, um, you know, shout out to IMLS, which stands for the Institution, uh, Institutes of Museums and Library Services. Um, they're a national, well, you know, mm -hmm. it's museum. they're a national organization yeah. um, that oversee museums and libraries, and they just wanted to make sure that there were no barriers to, to underserved yeah. populations. And so it's $3 to come to COSI if you're a WIC member or whatever mm -hmm. kind of card association you're part of. Yeah. So that's really cool. I love it. Yeah. And just to see people that may not have the opportunity otherwise to come into Kosai. I, I remember they used to do, it was the day before Thanksgiving, we used to make it free to the public. Okay. Kosai, and it was just bombarded. Mom, yeah. And I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, loved yeah, it. Yeah, just yeah. seeing these people that had not been yeah, or no, right. had not had the opportunity outside of a school field trip yeah. to enjoy it yeah. as a family. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I love it. Cool. So, so what's what's your fit? You've been doing these incredible podcasts. You've all these distinguished guests, and then of course you dropped the bar and let me come on. Thank Stop you. It. But um, like, what's your favorite thing about podcasting? Why this medium? Why this medium? Yeah. Um, I love talking to people, mm -hmm. and I love hearing their stories. Okay. And this gives me a chance to fully engage with somebody. Okay. Whoever they are, because yeah. most of the time, and we've we've talked to all walks of yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but my favorite thing is when it goes from, well, blah, 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 this is what I do, to like, okay, so let me tell you about this time when I was yeah. 13. Yeah. So it, there's, everybody has a story. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's got 
Yeah, we all have a thing that yeah. we do that maybe we're known for, or infamous for, or get in trouble for. But you know that, that we've got our thing, but it's more like, so who are you? What yeah. what made you into the person? So I just love hearing. Well, I, I love that, and I mean, as someone you know, you're an actress and yeah. then now producer of, of communication medium. You know, it's the power power of the narrative, right? I mean, it's real. People, and I love how you phrase it. You know, everybody's got their thing that they do, but people latch onto stories. You know, that's what connects us. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and as an actor, that's part of what we have to do in everyday life is pull from what we see and what we observe. Um, The other thing, too, that I I love is that as an actor, we have to be actively listening. Yeah. Hmm. Fully engaged so that what we are saying, what we are doing makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're not on our phones. Yeah. We're yeah. not distracted except yeah. train. I mean, that's for me. That's squirrel. Sure. That's sure. always going to happen. Anyway. Sure. But sure. To, we don't do this. Yeah. We just don't. As a society, it's we don't. It's funny you sit. say that. You're right. We don't sit. We're not. We're not still anymore. Mm-hmm. We barely think. Mm-hmm. But oh. we want to. Yeah. And Ben talks about this all the time. Of like, people love conversational podcasts because you feel like you're sitting in there. Yeah. Well, why don't we sit with people and talk to them? There like, you go. Very smart. So selfishly, I get to sit with people and talk. <laughs> very cool. So, very cool. Thank you for asking that. That was very yeah. Sure. You're amazing. I got, I got some more questions here. <laughs> Just oh, you're not doing, go ahead. Favorite joke. You asked me a favorite movie. I'm going to put you on the spot. Favorite joke. I'm not great at jokes. It's that on the sp- You would think. I teach improv, but I can't come up with jokes on the fly. How do you catch a unique rabbit? Unique up on him. How do you catch a tame rabbit? <laughs> I don't know. Tame way, unique up on him. <laughs> well, since we're the rabbit thief, <laughs> I'll share my favorite joke. Yeah, let's hear it. So, so there's a rabbit okay. and a bear okay. taking a shit in the woods. Okay. PG version, taking a poop a in the poopy. woods. <laughs> Doing some dung. Doing, doing some dung. I'm gonna, yeah. I like that. Doing okay. some dung in the woods. Mm-hmm. So the bear turns to the rabbit. Says, excuse me, Mr. Bunny Rabbit. Do you have a problem with shit sticking to your fur? And the bunny rabbit, being an arrogant schmuck, the bunny rabbit, <laughs> says, No, Mr. Bear. I have no problems with shit ever sticking to my fur. So the bear grabs the rabbit and wipes his ass. <laughs> Leave it to the scientists to tell a scat joke. <laughs> you guys brought up rabbits. I know you knew you rabbits. You opened the door. They brought up, folks, they brought up rabbits. They brought up rabbits. They opened the it door just, for me. It just laid it out there. I do have a favorite knock-knock joke. Okay. Because I kind of like knock-knock jokes. Okay, cool. They're, they're dumb and purposefully dumb. Sure. So you ready? Okay. Knock-knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne, the bathtub. I'm drowning. See? They're dumb, and you read. That was so disgusting. <laughs> and Westbit. <laughs> Westbit. So that's pretty funny. I'm totally in these. I like that one. I'm totally in these. Yeah, I've always liked that. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne the bathroom. I'm really laughing hard. That was very funny. <laughs> that was very funny. Dwayne the bathroom. I think it's because, and I'm sure your kids did this. Do you have kids? I do. How old are they now? Thirty. Okay. And so one. When when they were a kid, do you remember them trying to tell knock knock jokes? Did yours go through that? So so yeah, our daughter. We were blessed. We had her young, but she's just. Pre- I mean, she was just one of those kids that everything she did was was cute. Now, in hindsight, if it wasn't my kid, I'd probably like cut it out, <laughs> right? You know. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, she went through the phase of just, and messing up the jokes uh-huh. and everything was adorable. And, and every stuff, but, like whatever they said, knock knock. Yeah. Um, bag. Bag who? Bag on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, it's so laugh. funny. It's yeah. so funny. And, the, and they just think it's just about saying knock, knock. So you're right. They go out and knock, knock on everything. Don't. The one that I do like to do to my kids, and I did this recently to my son. He got pissed. I was like, okay, dude, I just learned the greatest knock, knock joke. You ready for it? Okay, you start it. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> <laughs> Guess. This is not funny. Guess. <laughs> My daughter, she's two and a half. She goes, knock, knock, who's there? Oh, she tells the whole joke. She tells the whole joke. I'm just going to do the thing. I'm going to do the whole thing start to finish. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's good, man. She's above the crowd, man. Love it. That's good. Your whippersnapper. He's got his hands full with that one. Love it. It's funny, no, because, like I said, my wife and I, we had a daughter kind of just out of college, and 
um, you know, I work at Coastline, so I mm -hmm. love kids. Yeah. But it's such a tough society now. I mean, we're like, phew, yeah. you know, we dodge that whole social media influence mm -hmm. and just, I mean, you know, so so I really, and I salute you all for having younger kids and, and you know, Godspeed, because yeah, right. it's, it's just, it's, it's a different environment. We didn't really plan uh, on ours when we had ours. So we got married you're at You're speaking of the Oops Baby's Younger Brother. You can't, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I'm with you all day on the non-planned kids. We Let me just, solidarity to your children right now. Just tell them somebody who relates to them. Because <laughs> we got married in October at Coastside. Okay. okay. December, we found out we were pregnant. Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh. And so I had to quit Coastside in May, because I couldn't uh, travel anymore yeah, safely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. We got all kinds of other cool gigs, man, that are not traveling for your children. Uh-huh. You're now in the podcast space. <laughs> I probably shouldn't take on any more. My husband's going to murder me if I take anything more Fair. at this point. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Coastside.org is where we can find you. Coastside.org or QED with Dr. B. Yes. Okay. QED is one of my favorite Scrabble words. Ah, That's a lot. Okay. You get a lot of points for that one. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Fair. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Especially when you're like, what the fuck do I do with this cube? <laughs> I want to get rid of it. Anyway. That's funny. Oh, well, look, I mean, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I'm honored that you had me on. Um, great conversation. Fantastic. We'll be stuff. back for surprises coming up. So. You got it. And make sure you film a few more at Cosi. Please. We will. We will. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Because yeah. we're actually just big kids. And it's. <laughs> I kind of just like being there. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, thank you. And thank you for watching and listening. And uh, find us on YouTube for the video. Don't laugh at me. I'm trying to give a good outro, okay? I'm really trying to take this seriously, so stop laughing. You can find us on YouTube at Boxland Media. <laughs> See, now I've completely lost what I wanted to say. Fine. <laughs> the podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever. Just Google us. You'll just, find us. You'll find us. <laughs> Don't Bye. make me do outros. <laughs>